Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Hey Horka. We are live on the YouTube Blue and Gold channel. We'd love for you to subscribe to this channel and like this video. It's a Thursday at the end of November, and normally us in the media, we're talking about what, are the, what is the team going to get out of bowl practice? Not anymore with the transfer portal. We have a lot to get to. My name is Darren Pritchett, the host of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on WSBT Radio in South Bend. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I have the feeling, Tyler, as we talk transfer portal and all things Notre Dame football, we don't even need any questions. We need no script. We could just go off the, the comments that are already forming on the right side of our screen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of a message to you guys is that I know, I, I think, at least I think that Title of this YouTube video, we're going to compare Riley Leonard to Sam Hartman. We're going to get to that. And by the way, there's a Cowboys game tonight, so it's going to be shorter. We're, we're going to try to be concise, efficient, effective. And we're going to execute really well tonight with this with podcast, this video. But uh, before we get to Riley Leonard and Sam Hartman, we've got a top transfer portal because that is the talk of the town in Notre Dame athletics sean duffy in here just said notre dame is exploding it kind of feels like that sean um and that's not a good thing so let's start the conversation off with this darren i'm gonna roll through i think it's seven now players that have entered the transfer portal since marcus freeman gave a rather thorough rather inspiring i would even say press conference on november 27th which was Monday, literally three days ago, uh, inspiring in the sense that it seemed like Notre Dame had a direction. And even if you're not a fan of Jared Parker, which I know a lot of you people aren't, that's fine. That's fair. It seemed like Marcus Freeman was kind of gathering the troops and leading this team into the bowl season and maybe even leading this team into 2024. We knew that Notre Dame is going to go and get a transfer portal quarterback. It's looking like they might get the best transfer quarter transfer portal quarterback yet again just like they did last year some would say and now three days later Riley Leonard is is a footnote and, and again like I said he's the title of this YouTube video we're gonna get to him but we've got to lead with Nano Osafo Mensa entering the transfer portal minutes after Marcus Freeman spoke he started one game at Notre Dame in five years that's not a huge loss he's got two Notre Dame degrees yeah, more power to him, him. Absolutely. He's leaving on the right terms. But then the next day, Chris Tyree enters the transfer portal. And Darren, this is a couple weeks after Marcus Freeman literally said, we would love to have that guy back. I tweeted it a ton of times. Of course you would love to have him back. He was a leading receiver this year for Notre Dame. And it was his first year being a wide receiver, full-time wide receiver. He was only going to get better, I think. And some say he was taking away snaps from Jaden Greathouse. I get that. But Darren, we're going to get to some other names here. And I'll let you speak. You need numbers in that room. And he was a good number. He was a good player. And now he's leading. He had one more year. And now he's leading. I love the way Marcus spoke about him. I believe this is an untapped talent that's going to have a great year next year. My question is this. If you loved him so much, why did he average 23 snaps per game? Yeah, that's it. It's not a lot. Not a lot at all. But again, this... What do we know about the Notre Dame offense? They love to use 12 and 13 personnel, two and three tight ends. You're going to take wide receivers off the field. So, and I'd what that does is limits that limits the wide what you can do with the wide receivers, too, Jaron. You see any other college football game out there today? You've got four wide receivers on the field, and they're all spread across the field in all different places. There's no such thing as 
a slot, a true slot receiver anymore, but they're trying to pigeonhole Chris Tyree into that. They're trying to pigeonhole Jaden Greathouse into that. And all of a sudden they're competing for snaps. The best case scenario is they get 50-50. You're taking snaps away from players when you put two, three tight ends on the field. I mean, I get it. Notre Dame's never going to totally abandon that personnel. But if you want to be a good wide receiver team, you've got to sway a little bit from that and, and get up with the times. And look, I think it's indicative of Chris Tyree's situation that he wants to leave because I do think he can go somewhere else, catch 50 passes for 700 yards yeah. and a handful of touchdowns, five to seven touchdowns. You know what? I'm not speaking for this individual. I'm just making a general statement. If anyone should be ticked off, it's Jaden Greathouse because he was developing very nicely. He got moved to an outside receiver. He didn't get targeted for like three games. You talk about someone whose growth was maybe stunted during the season to fill a void. That's one guy you could really point to. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll share some of the things that we're hearing. We can't share all of the things that we're hearing. But on our side at Blue and Gold, it seems like Great House is as sure that he wants to stay at Notre Dame as anyone. But then my mind gets wandering. Is that because Chris Tyree is leaving and he knows, okay, yeah, now my time is coming. What would it have been like if Chris Tyree stayed? I'm not sure. And that's the thing about this transfer portal thing, Darren, is it's so speculative. It, it changes on a dime, too. Two weeks ago, Rico Flores became the first Notre Dame wide receiver to have 100 receiving yards in a game since the end of the 2021 season. Now he's the hottest guy on the message board because everyone thinks he's going to leave. And that's that's a that's a long duration, two weeks. Like, this thing could change tomorrow. He could be gone tomorrow for all we know. He could release a tweet tomorrow that says, man, I love it here. I'm staying. I'm Notre Dame through and through. But I will add, we've gotten uh, five, six minutes into this thing. We haven't even said that Chancey Stuckey is no longer the wide receivers coach at Notre Dame. Rico Flores was one of the two wide receivers, as as well as rising senior Jaden Thomas, who released a little cryptic tweet afterwards that just said, man, like he wasn't expecting it. And now he's having a change of heart and all these ideas start coming into his mind. And we'll get to some of these other names. I don't know how this affects Rico Flores' thinking, but Tobias Merriweather entered the transfer portal yesterday. Braylon James entered the transfer portal today. Two guys that never we never saw the full potential of at Notre Dame. Now we might be seeing it somewhere else. The wide receiver thing, Darren, is – and it might not be done. I don't think we are It's done. a lot. <laughs> It's a lot, and it might not be over. Why don't we take a timeout? Because there's something I do want to bring up to this conversation. But first, maybe Augie's needs to design a part of the store to uh, have memorabilia of former Notre Dame players that have entered the transfer portal. That would be a hopping place right now. Yeah, I don't know if Augie is listening to this, but if he is – I know he's an avid Notre Dame fan, and he's got everything that an avid Notre Dame fan would want. So if you are a big Notre Dame fan, and we know you are by listening to this YouTube video or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to us, we appreciate that. Next time you're in South Bend, you're going to need to stop by 1733-1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend. That is Augie's new location. Everything that you see there on the YouTube you will find at Augie's new location. I've stopped by myself a couple of weeks ago. Spacious spot, not too much farther from campus than he was before. Really good location if you're in town for big Notre Dame hockey weekend this weekend against Michigan. Uh, Baseball season is coming up right around the corner, two or three months away. Basketball season in full swing. Women's team got a huge, huge victory over Tennessee this week. They got some really big games coming up in their season. So, When you do come for any of those events, you'll want to make time for Augie's Locker Room. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame Stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. You can find exclusive Joe Montana-signed items and famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. Augie gets new items all the time. If he doesn't have it in his store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie at 1733 North Ironwood Drive. Again, that is his new location in South Bend. And you'll see a vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. He's got some amazing items. You want to see them? Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or call him at 574-277-6363.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Tyler Horka, Darren Pritchett with you on this Thursday evening as we broadcast live. Maybe you're watching this at some other time. Okay. One thing I do want to establish, Tyler, is that I think we all understood leaving the regular season that there were going to be people leaving this program. In fact, they're needed for Mm -hmm. players to leave the program because if you factor in adding players from the portal – the class you're going to sign in three weeks, you're going to be over 100 players. You've only got 85 spots. So there needed to be some players leave. The key is going to be the quality of the player that is leaving the program. You could argue right now that Merriweather needed a change of scenery. Maybe someone can unlock his talents. I think Tyree's going to have a big year next year, but I can't blame him for leaving. James looked to be part of the future. For whatever reason, he's decided to move on. So I guess we really have to concentrate on the next few days or weeks, the quality of player. Don't get caught up if Notre Dame loses 18 players or 20 players. Don't you agree, Tyler? It's more about maybe those four or five that could be difference makers leaving. That will catch our attention, and that will cause the Notre Dame volcano of the fan base to erupt when they see some of the bigger quality names leave, if in fact they do leave. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'll just use this as an example. Not sure if I mentioned his name yet when I was kind of going on my rant, my spiel a little bit earlier. Zeke Corral is a guy that I can't confirm this at Blue and Gold, but he'd be coming back for a sixth year. And he's one of those guys that the coaching staff probably had a tough conversation with. Like, hey, Zeke, we know you love Notre Dame. We love you. But we have this guy, Ashton Craig, who's going to be a junior. And he's coming into his own. He might be our starting center for the next couple of years. We don't really see a spot for you here anymore. Like, thank you for your service to your starting center. But that's it. And Nana Asafa Mensa probably had the same tough conversation. Like, hey, you've started one game here in five years, Nana. You're probably not going to start one in 2024. So, and, and like we said, he left with two Notre Dame degrees. Those are the guys that you can afford to lose. The guys that or you can't afford to lose. The guys that you can't, it's the Rico Flores Juniors of the world, like we just talked about, Darren. Like, if he got into the portal, it would be mayday, mayday. Because you've already lost three wide receivers. You'd be losing four. And Rico Flores Jr., I think he had, what, 26 catches around or over 300 yards, something like that. Caught a touchdown in the biggest game of the year for you at the time he took the lead. Like, he's going to be a dude. He's going to be a player. He was already becoming one. You can't lose those guys. And quite frankly, Darren, I don't know how much you agree with this. I don't like losing Braylon James, who has one catch for you for 12 yards. Like some of these receivers play the long game. He could have been a really good receiver in 2025 or, or as a senior in 2026. Now you'll never know because he's gone. And I get it. That's the way college football is these days. You lose guys like that. Alabama loses guys like that. Um, I look at Texas, who has A.D. Mitchell. He was at Georgia. Like he won national championships with Georgia. And he said, you know what? I'll go to Texas. And I'll catch more passes. And maybe I'll make the playoff there. If we don't, doesn't matter. I'm still helping my own football career. That happens. It's going to happen with Notre Dame. But, man, it really feels like a groundswell. Because, Darren, we're, we're three days into this thing. And we're talking about losing a lot of guys and potentially even some important guys. We do not know the reason why the wide receivers left. From the outside looking in, and I've seen fans speculating about this, so I'll offer my two cents. I don't think Stucky, Merriweather, James, I I don't think they're all tied together. I don't think the reasons are all the same why Mm -hmm. they're leaving the program. 
again, I have no inside information, but just based on some speculation, I, I think they're all for different reasons. Again, I think Tobias needed a change of scenery. Tyree wanted to be on the field more, and that's not Stucky's fault. And you look at James, he was the one guy from the class that didn't get on the field. He was supposedly the the most highly ranked. And as a former Notre Dame offensive player told me during the season, I mean, you can't figure out a way to run a couple of routes or do something for him to get him on the field. I respect their opinion on something like that. And let me build on what I'm talking about at the wide receiver position. And this is me asking a question more than knowing the answer. But throughout the season, Marcus Freeman drove it into our heads, Tyler, that when a question was asked about the offense or Jared Parker, what was his go-to answer? It's more about player execution. It's more about finding a way to have our coaches teach it better so the plays that we're calling that we believe should work will work. Number one, I've said this, you've heard me say this, I always felt like the players were getting thrown under the bus a little bit which if I was a player, I'd get kind of tired of hearing that. But also, let me say this. Chancey Stuckey is a new assistant coach. He has not been an assistant coach very long. If there is something in his teaching that his bosses did not like, it is the responsibility of the offensive coordinator not to only teach the players, but teach the damn assistants. But here's the problem, Tyler. How much experience does our offensive coordinator have? How much offensive experience does the head coach have? Did anybody help Chancey Stuckey become a better assistant coach, become better at developing the players? Because it obviously has something to do with that, or unless there was a major blow up. Because after hearing he was safe on Monday, he's gone moments after it seems like players went to the portal. So if this is about teaching, I'm sorry. It is also the offensive coordinator's job to help the assistant coach teach the players properly. And I agree that it probably is about teaching. Here's my problem, though. Marcus Freeman got up there on Monday, and Chancey Stuckey still had all the same flaws that he was eventually fired for on Tuesday, but Marcus didn't say anything to that effect. He said, I would love to have everybody back, knowing that maybe Chancey Stuckey isn't good at this or he's not experienced enough to do that. Same thing goes with Jared Parker. Can't do this, not experienced enough to do that. But he was going to stick with the same guys. And it does sound like he had a conversation with Chancey. They weren't able to hash some things out. Chancey's gone. That's That happens in the real world and business, okay? Boss talks to subordinate. They clash. You said, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to work out. That happens. But, man, I, I kind of have a problem with the fact that Marcus Freeman didn't allude to any of that. And maybe he was just completely lying to the media and he said, yeah, I'm going to keep everybody. And he knew that he was going to go into that conversation with Stucky and say, you know what? I might not have a wide receivers coach after this. That's fine. That's That's his prerogative to do that. But it didn't feel that way. And – Maybe, Darren, I don't know if you feel the same. I don't know if Marcus Freeman has a good grip and a good understanding of what everyone on his staff is capable of or not capable of. Like, I think he has this image of Jared Parker, and it's this is what I would like him to be, and this is what I think he can be. But he is so far away from what the what Jared Parker actually is and what he can actually do. And that can go for Chancey Stuckey. Maybe that goes for Gino Gadouli for all we know. Or I think Dylan McCullough, if there's someone on staff, I think Dylan McCullough was probably helping Chancey Stuckey the most with helping him out. Because if G if Dylan McCullough has a new job in a couple of weeks, and, and this is completely speculative because, again, this thing these things happen like this. When we know them, we'll report them. Um, Dylan McCullough doesn't even know if he'll have a new job in a couple of weeks. Maybe he doesn't even want one. But if he does, then – I think that's the snowball is just going to keep turning because there are some people on this staff that know what they're doing, contrary to what we've been saying, what everyone else has been saying. But if you start to lose those guys and then you already push out the guys that aren't capable of doing that, then what do you have left? You have nothing left. Like Chancey Stuckey was a rising star, could still be one. Maybe he wasn't ready for this, but now you don't have him. 
Maybe then you don't have Dylan McCullough. Maybe in a year you don't have Jared Parker. Like at what point does Marcus Freeman figure the coaching staff out? I think that is super important in all of this. We're talking about the transfer portal and the guys that Notre Dame's losing so much. What about the coaches? Is the coaching staff right? As I said, Tyler, Marcus drill in our heads that the coaches need to teach it better. And I talked to at length a former college coach the other day and asked him about this thought that sometimes you hear people talk about that there are very few assistant coaches that are elite in recruiting and teaching. Those guys like make a lot of money. So oftentimes you're either going to get a, a really good recruiter or a really good teacher. It's hard to find that guy that does both extremely well. And I've listened to Mike Singer for, you know, the entire tenure of Marcus Freeman's run at Notre Dame. And what has he talked about? The great recruiting that is done by this staff. And Tyler, they have recruited extremely well. But I'm just wondering, and I'm asking the question more than assuming this, does there need to be more of a balance of great teachers on this coaching staff? And I'm going to unfairly point to the offensive side of the football. Joe Rudolph has a lot of experience. I'm going to leave him out of the conversation. He's been there and done that a million times. But if Marcus is right that part of the problem was teaching the players, and we heard this in week 11 and 12, and that shouldn't be a problem at that point, does there need to be more of a slant toward better teachers on the offensive side of the football, in particular – when your head coach is a defensive specialist and your offensive coordinator is still extremely unproven. I totally think so. And if you look at Chancey Stuckey's career arc, there was no way to know if he was a good teacher. He was a wide receivers coach for one year at Baylor, had a couple of really talented players on that team. And that's the one thing that when all of these assistants are hired, you, you look at their bios and it's, oh, he coached this guy at this school and he had all of these stats. Sometimes that's just who you inherit and that's who you recruit, right? Like if you recruit a guy who's going to have a thousand yard season after a thousand yards, even he's, he's going to do that no matter what. Clearly Notre Dame doesn't have that guy, didn't have that guy on the roster in 2022 or 2023 when Chancey Stuckey was coach and he couldn't turn anyone into that. And there's a lot of moving parts in the on the offense. I get it. It's not all on Chancey Stuckey. But I think Marcus Freeman had an epiphany, and he said, this guy can recruit. This guy's a really good relationships guy, but is he a good wide receivers coach? I don't know. Marcus Freeman probably doesn't know. I don't know. This was the third year he's ever done it. Two of them have been at Notre Dame. And both of those years, he's had minimal results. He had, he had a good receiver at Baylor in a pass-happy league in the Big 12. Congrats. That's awesome. I get it. You learn from Dabo Sweeney, who's a wide receivers coach who has become one of the best college head coaches of the last 15 or 20 years. But we don't know if Chancey Stuckey was ever going to be elite wide receivers coach. And I think Marcus Freeman cut bait before going further down the experiment trail with him, which brings us back to Jared Parker. It's interesting that he can do like, there must there must be some sort of huge thing going on in that wide receiver room, but it, it's confusing to me why people are still leaving after. If if all these wide receivers had a big issue with Chancey Stuckey, why are they still leaving after? Why is Rico Flores Jr. looking like, hey, what the heck's going on? I don't know. Maybe some liked Stuckey, some didn't. I get that too. But if Marcus Freeman can make the move on Stuckey, why, why is that the only move that he's made? I'm not sure. Just a second ago, if you scroll up the comments a second, I thought Domer yeah. Pyle had a really good point. And when I mentioned Rudolph, I mean, Deal McCullough, I have so much respect for him. He could be a running back in the National Football League any second that he wants. I mean, that guy is full of knowledge, great teacher. And I, and I do think this is interesting. Look at Deal. He had seven scholarship running backs. They had a five running back rotation for a while, and they eventually narrowed it down. And, you know, knock on wood, everybody is still on the roster. He's been able to manage, and I don't mean this negatively, but, hey, we all think we're the best. There's a lot of egos in any position room in a, on a football team or a basketball team. And everything 
so far has been good, but man, the wide receiver room just seems to be, well, let's face it, it's chaotic at this particular time. So I don't know if Dylan can throw some of that pixie dust on the wide receiver room to settle it down and hopefully the tight end room. But hey, so far so good. The running back room with all those guys, so far everybody's still here and that's a big time positive because there's a lot of talent in that running back room. Absolutely. What, what do you say we um, Yes. We talk about Barb Stevenson and her artwork to kind of nope. calm things down for a minute and then we'll talk some more Notre Dame football. But if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift for your Notre Dame fan in your life or even for yourself, I would be buying this. If I was a, a Golden Domer alum, anything like that, I would be buying this for myself. Barb Stevenson Art is your premier destination for stunning pen and ink limited edition prints of the University of Notre Dame. South Bend's own award-winning artist, Barb Stevenson, skillfully captures the essence and beauty of Notre Dame's campus through her intricate pen and ink prints, which she meticulously enhances with hand-painted metallic gold accents, making each print unique and one-of-a-kind. Explore her fabulous selection of prints to discover the perfect piece that resonates with your love for Notre Dame. I'm showing you guys on YouTube one of those right now. I'll show you a few more as well. Before I do, you're going to want to visit her website at Barb Stevenson. That's B-A-R-B-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N.com or call her at 574-210-8388. Order now for the holidays, which if you're listening to this live with us on YouTube, tomorrow is December 1st, which is crazy to think about, but the holidays are literally right around the corner. You will receive free shipping anywhere in the continental United States if you order in the coming days. Again, go to barbstevenson.com or call 574-210-8388. There's the one that kind of captures everything. If you're watching on the YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, this pen and ink print has the Golden Dome. It has Touchdown Jesus. It has the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. This one that I'm showing now has the Grotto. It has the Golden Dome. It has the Basilica again. And then I believe there are a couple more. If the Wi-Fi would work of the Golden Dome, there's the classic head-on photo. And then the one with the trees and everything like that. So again, I've said it on these shows before. If you wake up on Christmas morning, walk down your Christmas tree and that's sitting there for you. Christmas is made. Christmas is made. I'm just reading some of the comments, man. I'd love to get into a lot of these, but because there's a lot of speculation and I mean, we hear a lot, we we hear a lot of things and, and I'll say this, Tyler. I mean, I've heard a lot of things over the last 48 hours and I'm not going to upstage a player who's going to go to the portal before he announces it. I just, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, I, I, I've had people tweeting at me today, listing the wide receiving oh, yeah. list, and they eliminate guys who aren't in the portal yet, it's not on the list. And I'm, I'm just not going to go down that road. But I just think, I'll say this, it, it feels like we probably should keep our phones charged because it's there's still more to come. And as we said, we were expecting a lot of people leave because there needed to be people off the roster, but it's just whether the big earth shakers are going to happen. I think that's what we're all waiting on because right now you can live with what has happened. Don't you agree? I mean, you hate to lose James. I hate to lose Tyree, but right now there hasn't been that massive blow to the 24 roster. They're still okay because I think they're going to be able to fill in a couple of spots at wide receiver. But if we start to see bigger names jump in, then we can have that the sky is falling conversation. But right now, they're they're okay. It's just more the perception, I think, of people leaving more than anything else. Do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah, but I will warn that maybe next week at the same time or whenever we do this next Hey Horka, sky might be falling Yeah, <laughs> based well, on I- some of the things that we're hearing. This, the sky might be falling then. You're right. It hasn't fallen yet. But, but Notre like Dame's not Ego out of the weeds says, on this. Mm-hmm. Ego says, um, Tyree Hurts, um, I can't live with Tyree gone. I'm agreeing with you. I want Tyree on this mm-hmm. roster. I think he can be a tremendous asset to this program next year. But, Tyler, if he's going to get 23 snaps per game, that's where I'm coming from the standpoint. Well, you move on, you bring in the next guy, and you feel like the slot still has some good talent. You know, if, if you had, and this is hypothetical, if Joe Alt was a sophomore and he decides to go to the portal and you look at the 
next guys in line, then you'd be concerned. But I think the fact that Tyree wasn't used that much and the guys you got coming, it offsets it. But again, I want Tyree on the roster because I think he could be a major asset. Yeah, that's the measured take. I think everything's correct with what you just said. I was trying to think of an equivalent as a sophomore this year. I guess it would be Benjamin Morrison, but the corners behind him are really good. So that would even be a perception one. And and look, if you were only going to get Benjamin Morrison for three years, you probably want him for all three of those years. So if he left for the portal, it'd be like, this guy's Notre Dame through and through. He loves the place. Literally, he's going to be a third-year guy. He's going to go to the NFL after his junior year. If he elects to take that junior year somewhere else, that is that sky falling stage. I know we're getting into hypotheticals, so we got to be careful. We are talking hypotheticals, but if you yep. lose a major player on defense, a high-end player, that might set off the alarms more than the offense because I think I speak for mm-hmm. Irish fans, there's that perception of frustration of Parker and someone leaving and like, well, I wonder if that's why he's leaving and this and that. But if someone leaves on the defensive side, that brings in a whole bigger conversation to right now the the status and the framework of this program. So hopefully you don't lose anybody on the defensive side. That's a major asset. If you do, that's when I think all the big, big picture questions have to be asked. You know what I'm saying there? Yeah, and I wish I had this list pulled up in front of me right now. I don't, but even before the season ended, I think I kind of came up with a list of names. Like, who should I maybe prep a transfer portal story for? And we've kind of nailed a lot of these. Blue and Gold has been ready for them as they've come out, even though I think we have to – there was a message board question today, and somebody asked, how much notice do beat writers have on these kids entering the portal? How much notice do coaches have? Like by the time the decision is made and the tweet comes out, cause that's how they all do it. Now it's a social media post. Hey, I'm in the portal. That's what we've seen seven times already this week. How much notice do we have? We really don't. You can't talk to every source that you have about every single player. When it pops, it pops. You better be ready for it. So you just have to have knowledge of the team and know that, We've been talking about Chris Tyree transfer portal for a while. I know his situation changed, but it's not that shocking. As much as you want him on the roster, it's not that shocking. Zeke Carell, the writing was on the wall. He was not going to be this team's center. Nana Safa Mensa, he wasn't going to come back to play backup for the fourth straight year or whatever it was. You kind of see it coming. And getting back to what I said about the list that I had, Darren, it was offense heavy. It was a bunch of wide receivers. Um Luckily, none of the running backs. Like, you're probably going to lose Audrey Estimate to the NFL, but all of those guys probably want to come back. Maybe Jabron Payne is doesn't want to be third fiddle, something like that. But it was wide receivers, maybe some tight ends. We'll still have to see on that front because you got to figure that Kevin Bauman's coming back from his injury. Mitchell Evans is still here. Raritan stays. Like, you might see a tight end go to the portal. You you get what I'm saying, Darren, is you just kind of have a sense for the guys that are going to go. And so far, as much as it sucks, these are some of the guys that were high on the list. And I said, yeah, he might transfer. He's got a reason to transfer. Yeah, I started here about Merriweather and James yesterday. That that came out really yeah, early. To get to the yesterday. timeline thing, yeah. And we, we talked about it. And usually it takes 24 to 48 hours for the player to make it official. So, you know. Hey, we're not going to lie. We're hearing a lot of stuff right now, and we want the players to have their say. And you know what? A lot of these guys maybe change their mind that have thought about going to the portal. So we just – we got to be careful, but I would just, you know, this is a process. We knew there was going to be people that were going to leave. It's just, you know, the the caliber of player that is going to leave the program. And I, I guess I'm not worried about what I'm about to say, but I'll ask you. In terms of perception of the program, do you worry about Duke's Riley Leonard looking at this and saying, whoa, maybe I need to investigate this a little more? Obviously, he's in the portal now. He's been linked to Notre Dame, I think, since the thought of Leonard going to the portal came about. Well, it depends on how much Notre Dame's about to pay him. And if he can get that money somewhere else. Um, 
I don't think this is like a career killing place for a quarterback as much as people want to make it out to be. Like if you look at Sam Hartman's year, I think I wrote it at blueandgold.com. He had the highest yard per pass attempt of his career this year. He had the highest passer rating of his career this year. I believe he had the highest completion percentage of his career this year. NFL teams look at that and say, okay, he had a decent year. Some of these things are beyond his control. I think Riley Leonard can go into the same type of situation where by some measures he has the best year of his career, even though Notre Dame might go nine and three and miss out on a 12 team playoff next year, all of those things. So, I mean, he sees it. He's not stupid. He's like, what the heck is going on there probably. And our Pete Nako said on three said he wants to take a visit. If he does take a visit and comes to Notre Dame, and he's sitting there with Marcus Freeman and Jared Parker. He's going to ask them, why the heck are all these wide receivers leaving? Why did you fire your wide receivers coach? What is the direction of this offense? I think there were – he'll probably say, I saw some you know, speculation that not only are you going to lose your wide receivers coach, but you might have lost your offensive coordinator. Like, why is that? Why am I talking to you and not somebody else? So I think he's smart. He's going to cover his bases. But at the end of the day, if he gets $2 million to come play quarterback at Notre Dame – He's going to take $2 million to come play quarterback at Notre Dame, isn't he? Uh, well, I have no idea if Mike Elko in Texas A&M would be interested because mm-hmm. their quarterback's now at North Carolina. And Mike Elko – They might pay him $5 million to come play quarterback at Texas A&M. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't want to get into a bidding war with Texas A&M from what I understand because that may not end well, Tyler. I don't know. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Texas A&M's quarterback situation is. I know I know it wasn't great this year, so I bet Riley Leonard would be an upgrade, but they recruit well, so maybe they got a guy there. I'm not sure. That's a, that's a conversation that Elko is willing to have, though, probably. Um, and I guess Auburn was another landing spot. He's uh, got some ties there. I think I read that his girlfriend is there. That didn't stop Sam Hartman from leaving Wake Forest to come to Notre Dame. His girlfriend was at Wake Forest, I believe, so – these kids are going to make the best decision for them. At the end of the day, Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame was still the best decision for Sam Hartman, even though his touchdown passes went down from 38 and 37 to 24, whatever it was, didn't make the playoff, all of those things. I think there's a world in which going to Notre Dame is still the best decision for Riley Leonard. So if we want to run this last ad before we have that conversation to finish up our show, you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. And you were giving those numbers. My son just sighed off to the left here when you were talking about <laughs> What, down to 24 Everybody. touchdown passes? Everybody. Or are the other ones, the good ones? Because there the, were some good ones. He, ones. Yeah, he, he, had some, uh, he had some career high numbers here. Contrary to what everyone will tell you, Sam Hartman actually did some great things. And they're doing great things at game time. I must say, this has kind of become my go-to ticketing app. I know everybody out there that goes to sporting events, concerts, all of those different things, you need like a go-to. Game time has become mine even before I had to do ad reads for them. So let's talk about that ticket buying process. At times, it can be so stressful finding the event that you want to attend, getting the seats you want, and then going through the actual purchase process can all be very stressful, especially if you're like me and you're trying to find those tickets at the last minute. That is uh, one of my fatal flaws, I must say. Uh, it shouldn't be that stressful though. I want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, GameTime. Go to GameTime.co, not .com. Leave off the M. It's just .co. They are a fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, biggest big city that I'm near is Chicago. So they kind of get your IP address and say, hey, you might want to go to these games, uh, Lions games, Bears games. Red Wings games, Blackhawks games, uh, Mariah Carey looks like she's going to be at the United Center, all those different things. It kind of comes up with your IP address, or you can enter in a location uh, to wherever you're going to your next sporting event, and you can find all those things there. And if you are doing that, enter code BGI, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. The best thing, they guarantee you'll get the lowest price, or they will refund you 110%. You really don't need to plan months in advance since they're giving deals right up until game time. I think they call them flash deals or something. I've done that multiple times. Went to, I want to say, three to five Dallas Stars hockey games or uh, playoff games last year, Darren. Every single game that they played the Knights in the Western Conference Finals. I was just waiting all day, waiting for a flash deal to 
Flash sale to come up, bang, hit it. I'm getting in for way cheaper than I would have thought. So again, uh, go to the Game Time app too. I, I have the app on my phone. And if you use BGI, you'll receive $20 off on your first purchase on the app as well. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code BGI for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay. Tyler Horka, Darren Pritchett with you. We're wrapping up Hey Horka for this Thursday night because somebody has to watch Thursday night football. So why don't you kind of start the final segment, take us down a road you want to go here to, to wrap things up. Yeah. When I got this question uh, on the Hey Horka message board, Red, because that's how we really, outside of tonight when there's just too much to talk about with the transfer portal, the basis of this show is I get probably 15 to 20 questions, maybe even more, sometimes upward of 30 on a thread that I start at blueandgold.com, title it Hey Horka, ask me anything about Notre Dame football. I'll choose the best three to five, and we'll talk about them on here. Somebody asked me this question, and I knew that we were going to end up talking about it, even with all the transfer portal stuff. Would Riley Leonard be an upgrade over Sam Hartman for Notre Dame? And there's so many different ways that we could take this. But I actually – I'm look. It's kind of what, like the transfer portal, and I was just talking about how you have to prepare and you think, okay, this guy's going to leave Notre Dame, have a story written. So when he does, bam, blueandgold.com has the news. We're telling you why he left, why he thinks there's greener pastures elsewhere, all those different things. Right now, everybody and their mother, Darren, thinks that Riley Leonard is coming to Notre Dame. Okay. He may have a change, he may have a change of heart. He may Again, get the bag. Like, look at Justin Scott. Justin Scott probably gets the bag from Miami. All of a sudden, he's not signing with Ohio State in three weeks. He's going to go down to Miami, and that's that. Like, these things can change on a dime. But in a world in which Riley Leonard does go to Notre Dame, I have a story prepared, a column prepared, and I'm not going to give away everything in that column. But here's how I'll start this conversation, Darren, and I'll let you react to this statement. We need to use Sam Hartman and your son sitting wherever he is in that room knows this as a cautionary tale. We hyped the guy, and I was I was a little bit guilty of this. Sam Hartman led the nation in air yards in 2022. He comes here, he's ranked 37th in air yards. I thought he was going to be the best thing ever for Notre Dame's downfield passing game. It didn't work out for whatever reason. So I am just warning Notre Dame fans who are already saying, hey, Riley Leonard, here he comes. He's going to be better than Sam Hartman. Take a step back. Let this thing play out because I'm not so sure about that. Like, I am not so sure. Like, what do you think, Darren? Is, is he automatically an upgrade over Sam Hartman? I can't see it that way, and I can't get myself to say that. Gosh, Tyler. Um. It's a loaded question. It's a huge hypothetical. The guy's not even in a Notre Dame uniform yet, but people want to talk about it because, look, if he does get into a Notre Dame uniform, people want to know what he is and what you think of him. So this is your chance. Tyler, I apologize, but I'm bullheaded. I'm hard-headed in my my ways until proven otherwise. But I would be much more confident in all these storylines if there was an experienced offensive coordinator running the offense. And I think Sam Hartman's season, part of that had to do with some of the deficiencies there. And Riley Leonard is not ready to be a passing NFL quarterback right now. He has accuracy developments that need to occur in his game. I'll say this about Riley Leonard and – He's got a little Tim Tebow in him. From the standpoint, he's got that it factor. He is a difference maker running the football. I mean, 18 carries for 88 yards against Notre Dame. But what was he, 13 of 27 throwing against a really good Notre Dame defense? And I'm not just basing it on that game. And he was 63% last year. But I'm saying to be an NFL quarterback, his passing game has to develop. And I'm just asking everyone the question, Do you believe that will improve and be an asset coming to the University of Notre Dame, working with the staff that's in place right now? And if you do, then he's got a chance to be better than Sam Hartman. Absolutely. But he brings so many different elements to the game. But I'm just not convinced anyone's going to get the best out of him the way things are right now. 
the bowl season, once it occurs, then coaching changes really start happening. I think Stucky's happened at an interesting time. So maybe late changes occurred, changes of mind occur, but I'm just not going to be all in. I learned my lesson last offseason. I have the same thought process, the same line of thinking. I think Riley Leonard comes into Notre Dame and does some good things for his game. You know, scouts see him and say, okay, yeah, he's kind of the guy that we thought he was because at times Sam Hartman was too. You saw the deep ball against worse opponents, against better opponents. He didn't. Uh, And I think that was scheme. I think that was personnel and a little bit of Sam Hartman too. Yes. I will assign some of the blame, but I am very fearful that Riley Leonard comes in and people see the 2022 stat line. Um, like weaker you said, complete, yeah, weaker schedule too. He completed 63.8% of his passes for 2,900 yards, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, ran for 699 yards, 13 touchdowns. I just don't see any way in which he comes into Notre Dame, given what we know about who's calling the plays, who's surrounding him. Somebody made a really good point that there could be two new starting tackles on this Notre Dame offense. I just envision a world where Riley Leonard comes in here and they're playing Texas A&M in game number one. And the offensive operation just doesn't look good. And all of a sudden we're thinking, why did we hype this guy up so much? So that's why I said, I'm I'm coming out with a column. If he signs with Notre Dame, I have a column ready to go that says pump the brakes on the hype train. Riley Leonard is a good player. He might not be the salvation for this offense because it needs more than that. It needed more than Sam Hartman. It needs more than Riley Leonard. That said, you take a Riley Leonard if you can get him, just like you took a Sam Hartman when you can get him because the alternatives aren't as good. Riley Leonard right now is a better quarterback than Steve Angeli, so you take him. But, man, to come in and suggest that he's going to be an upgrade over Sam Hartman, when Sam Hartman did as as well as he could – I can't go there. And by the way, let's add this to the conversation. Riley Leonard is going to be a true senior who's coming off a major ankle injury. Sam Hartman was the healthiest he's ever been in his career. He had his health things, and those are well-documented. But coming into this year, healthiest he's ever been in his career, sixth-year senior, 45 starts. Riley Leonard has played in 27 football games in his career. Sam Hartman almost had twice as many starts when he showed up at Notre Dame. I, I don't know how you can say that. Riley Leonard's going to be any better than Sam Hartman. And that should scare you because not much has changed with this offense. And if Riley Leonard is a little bit worse than Sam Hartman, is Notre Dame staring at nine and three at best again next year? Like, I don't know. I saw that face. It's possible. Well, let's let the portal. There's going to be people going and people coming. So maybe it'll look different in a month. But I got to ask this question. You don't have to give an answer. I'll give you an out because this is an unfair question. Are you ready? You talked about you, you've had stories written in case something happens. Can you tell me how many you have in queue right now? But you can pass. You don't have to answer it. No, I, no, I could. Um, if you filibuster for a minute, I can tell you exactly how many we have. The Cowboys have the ball first and 10. Do they, are you actually watching? I'm yeah, missing this right now. 13-yard line. With <laughs> 11- he's over here. <laughs> Jack Prescott um, throws to CeeDee Lamb incomplete. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you filibustered. I'm coming up on the sheet. We have a whole spreadsheet here. My Wi-Fi is just really not uh, cooperating with me. That's tonight, okay. But here we go. Here we go. The filibuster was great, but I, I didn't utilize it properly. Uh, That's okay. Properly. Because for the people listening, I'm basically saying there's the possibility of players going into the portal. I'm just curious how many he has – on standby thinking that it might happen. Right. Um, I can say that you need two hands to count them. Wow. Okay. All right. I won't go any further. And and again, like like (laughs) I said earlier in the show, there might be guys that pop up that we didn't know about and we have to add them. And maybe some of the guys that we have already prepared these stories for don't hit the portal. We did the same thing. I know you guys all remember Patrick Engel. We did the same thing last year. Me and Patrick Engel had a spreadsheet. You take this guy, I'll take this guy. It's kind of nice now that I get to do this with Jack Sobel and Kyle Kelly. Kyle Kelly's in on this. He's written some of these stories already. 
Um, like the Braylon James one that popped today, that's Kyle Kelly's byline, baby. So there's three of us working on quite a few stories. I will say that, Darren. I'm just looking at Carberry Q's comment there and just laughing because there's not a high standard in that booth. So I don't know <laughs> if that's a compliment or not. We got to put that one on the screen for you. That's a compliment and a half, Darren. I'm not sure that's a compliment. For everyone oh, listening on uh, Spotify and Apple, Carberry Q wants Pritchett in the booth for NBC. I take it. Low standard. I love doing Notre Dame hockey. I'll just stick with that. All right. Yeah. If you guys are listening, there's over 300 people watching this as we speak. Watch some Notre Dame hockey. Listen to some Notre Dame hockey, I should say, because when you listen, you will hear Darren's voice, and he's excellent at it. How, how long have you been doing that, Darren? This is year 14. Yep. Guy's a pro. Been, Guy's been, a pro. To, been to three Frozen Fours. We're just trying to win that big one. But we got Michigan. Friday and Saturday, so it never disappoints. So, do they cheat too? Does the hockey team cheat? Just curious. I'm, I'm guilty. You know, I did something really bad a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember playing Ohio State, and across from me, in a bright May sweater, was a Michigan fan. Those May sweaters stand out. I just said, "Thank God, hockey doesn't have signals. We'd have to watch that guy over there." So, mm-hmm. sorry. It had the Connor Stallions jokes—they've made their way to hockey. They're still alive and well. That might be our cue to uh, get off of here and watch some football where presumably there's no cheating going on. My dad always said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But we were also NASCAR fans, so that kind of applied more to motor racing than uh, true sports. But um, hopefully the Cowboys aren't cheating, and hopefully they beat the Seattle Seahawks tonight. How about that? No word of Dolly Parton's coming back in a cheerleader outfit this game, so. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was just a Thanksgiving thing. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that was a one-time deal. So, okay, well, keep your phones charged, guys. I, I think yeah. there's still plenty to go. Take a deep breath, and let's just hope for not that earth shaker, because when the earth shaker happens, then we start a whole new conversation. So, enjoy your football yep. game. And um, I'd love to see what's in your queue right now, but I'll just wait along with everybody else at blueandgold.com. So good to be with you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Darren. See you next week. All right. See you guys.